Well, hello and welcome to Virtual Team Dynamics, the All Fire podcast. My name is Francis Norman. I'm the founder and principal consultant here at All Fire. At All Fire, we specialize in helping you get the most from your virtual teams through understanding how your team members communicate and interact. This is episode number 20, and today we're going to be talking about outsourcing and how outsourcing impacts and is impacted upon by virtual teams. As with all of our podcasts, there is an accompanying blog article on the Ulfire website, so please do check it out for additional information. And while you're there, feel free to subscribe to our regular newsletter, subscribe to the podcast itself, and generally find out a bit more about how we may be able to help you and your business. So the issue of outsourcing uh, has been around for a couple of decades probably now. Um, Predominantly it started out in countries, in developed countries, where they started to send manufacturing offshore and then progressively as technology became more and more of an enabler, the, uh, the skills and skilled work that was typically and historically undertaken in many of these developed countries began also to be shipped offshore, sent to other locations. Sometimes offshore can mean actually physically to another country, and sometimes, of course, it can simply mean moving something from one location in a country to another location in the same country, in the same region, even from time to time, but just to a to a different location where that work will be undertaken. Now, the, for the purposes of this particular podcast and for this article, we've we've tried to keep outsourcing to the concept where the work is taken um, is moved from being executed by the original parent organization to being executed by a third-party organization under contract to the parent organization. So rather than um, being simply an internal virtual team, this becomes an external relationship, an external contractual relationship, but a virtual team one all the same. So there are typically three reasons why anyone would want to look to outsource work, whether that be physical uh, manufacturing or whether that be, um, let's call it, um, knowledge work, skills work. The first one is to access specialist skills that are not readily available in the home where the business is based. So this could be, for instance, a large engineering business that needs access to to specialist skills that just are not present where it is or they can't bring them into their business in their base location. So they would then send that work to another location to a specialist organisation that would undertake it for them. The second one is to access workers at a lower cost. This is very, very much what you see in a lot of the manufacturing spaces where where the manufacture of things like running shoes or um, mechanical pieces of equipment and so forth are sent to another location to be undertaken. The third one is to access a volume of workers where you just don't have that volume available in the home location of the business, either within the business itself or externally. Now, there are, of course, 
few other reasons around why um, outsourcing would occur, but uh, predominantly these three and combinations of various aspects of each of these three will be will be the main reasons why it would happen. Now, typically, the the impact of outsourcing there's there's two ends at which this impact is felt. The very visible one that gets reported oft, most often in the media is the location from where the work is outsourced. So this would be um, uh, the local newspapers, the local media would be commenting on on a factory downsizing or um, or a, a business downsizing in terms of reducing how many people it may have working in its main office in its in its original base office. Rarely does that same article speak as enthusiastically as about the location where the work goes to as it does negatively about where the work comes from and that's entirely understandable of course because the media has to deal with its local environment so the so one end of the impact is where the work is 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 uplifted from the other end of the impact of course is where the work is moved to and for those people in those locations where the work goes to this can be um, a, a life-changing experience for some. It can certainly lead to more local employment in that location and it can mean development of skills and enhancement of skills in that location. Now, if the work moves from one location at a similar um, developmental point in the economic cycle to another, so first world to first world, really it's simply a case generally seen as the work moving to, to a more suitable location where the, where the similar skills can be applied. Where it starts to be going from a, from first world to second world or to third world, then the the often it's done for cost basis as much as anything else, simply because the the basic um, cost to employ personnel and to to deploy personnel in those other countries is is much lower. Now the 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 impact of these changes can come in two different areas. There's the business impact. And there's the social impact. So business impact typically would see a reduction. Uh, normally you would expect that, a, that an outsourcing exercise would lead to a reduction in manufacturing costs or in production costs or in the costs to undertake a particular task. That's often because if the skills weren't available at the location where the work was moving from, the to, to buy in those skills at that location would be very expensive. Consequently, if you can find somewhere where those skills are readily available, typically typically those skills are available at a lower price. So that cost would come down in that regard. The other impact on the business often can be that the work can be delivered at a more predictable way. So if you're short of people or if you're short of skills or if you're looking at lower costs for those skills, then it's often easier to deliver the work, whatever that work may be, at a more at a more cost-effective and a more predictable way, simply because you're able to to be not competing for skills for the location that you're at, and also that the that the cost of those skills is a little below what the cost would be doing it in your home location. The downside for business impact, though, can be that a lot of businesses in the past, at least, have seen outsourcing, particularly of knowledge work, as being a one-way thing where they reduce the cost in one location by sending the work to a lower cost location elsewhere. However, productivity is not always the same between locations and there are additional costs that need to be factored in. Costs like 
travel, costs like availability of communication tools, costs like training for people to make them more um, more productive in terms of working in that environment. So those costs need to be allowed for as well. So it's not simply a case of just looking at where the savings can be made. You need also to be very careful uh, in terms of how you put together the, the additional costs that may be added to the work that you're undertaking when you're moving these things around. So it's there's swings and roundabouts. Each time you need to look at it specifically for your particular piece of work. On the social impact side, the again, there's negatives and positives. You, you move work from one location and that will have a negative social impact on the people and on the, on the location where the work moved from. That will be a direct impact on the people who would have performed that work previously or would have performed that work had it been done locally. It can also have a, a negative second order impact on things like uh, the owners of buildings where the work may have been taken, undertaken, who will find that their buildings now may be standing vacant rather than being occupied and uh, and being used productively. Again, though, the, the social impact where the work gets moved to can be a very positive one. And that can mean, in some cases, that that the uh, that the people in those locations suddenly find themselves being asked to do a higher skill work than they were doing previously it can sometimes mean that there are simply new jobs appear in these locations it can also mean that rare skills that are available in particular locations continue to be used and that the people that possess those skills continue to build their knowledge and build their skills which then means that those skills become more uh, more developed for future people that want to use them as well so there are again positives and negatives on the social impact side regardless of how all this lot is undertaken of course there is still the skills of managing and leading a virtual team which are required even though that team may be um, an external team to the organisation, the organisation itself still needs to ensure that the people who are involved in managing and leading these teams possess all of the right leadership skills, knowledge skills and so forth that we discuss regularly on this podcast so that they can lead this team effectively when they're leading from a distance. So you need personnel leading these organisations who understand the difference between leading a virtual team and leading an outsourced business as opposed to leading a co-located and internalised organisation. So there's specific skills there that need to be deployed, developed and maintained within the workforce so that the outsourced work can be continually delivered in an effective way. So as you can see from this uh, from this article, there are there are positive and negative impacts right the way across the board as far as outsourcing is concerned. So it's something where where you need to look at it from a complete holistic perspective before making an, any kind of a real a real decision. And those decisions need to be heavily informed and very carefully considered. Jumping in and saying, "Yep, this will be this will save us this much money, or that much money, or this much time, and so forth," is not always the best way to go. You need to really look at a very deep and meaningful way in terms of where the costs will move from and to, and what will happen to those costs, what the impact will be on your existing and future personnel, and what kinds of skills those personnel will need, both initially and ongoing, to be productive and effective in their new environment. 
So hopefully this has been an interesting article for uh, for you to listen to. Um, if you've enjoyed it, please do check out other articles at uh, our website, which is www.allfire.com.au. Um, take a look at that. Feel free while you're there to subscribe to our regular newsletter, which comes out once a fortnight. Um, to look to subscribe to our podcast feed, there is a there is a podcast subscription page on the website, which takes you to all of the usual platforms from where you can uh, you can access the podcast. And I uh, very much look forward to speaking to you on future episodes. Thank you. Bye.